Digital. Student-centred. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Chia Dachi, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Hello, listeners. Uh, good to have your company here on Tales of Teaching Online. Today, I am talking with Associate Professor Colin Higgins, and he is the Director, Global Courses within Deakin Business School. Uh, welcome, Colin, and thanks for talking with us today. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, so I wanted to start with a sort of general question about your experience going through this COVID. Now, I see you as one of the great advocates and experts in digital learning. So you have been doing a lot of work already before all of this happened that made a significant change in the higher education sector as a whole when everybody moved to online. But what's been sort of your observation or experience going through this pandemic highlighting the importance of digital learning even more? So I think Chia we've been fortunate that we've had a long history in distance delivery and then early adopters of digital learning and delivery as well and a couple of years ago we went through a major digital refresh of our MBA program and really the underlying principle of that was that everybody at Deakin, everybody doing an MBA has a digital experience with us, regardless of the mode in which they teach. And so taking that lens really helped us to think a little bit differently about how we use digital learning and digital technologies anyway, and how that might um, look in terms of how that might be complemented with on-campus delivery or asynchronous type classes. So I guess at the beginning of the pandemic, we had a stronger foundation to build from in terms of devoting some energy to those areas that needed to pivot to make it work. So we, we had the basics under control. And so the hill that we needed to climb in a very short period of time wasn't quite so high. Um, and really that investment that we'd made was already, we'd already gone down the path of thinking about what active learning looked like in an asynchronous and an in, and a synchronous fashion. We'd already done quite a bit of work in putting materials online using a range of digital formats. So for us, it's been a positive experience. It's also been a positive experience in terms of shining some new light on mm. what the next steps might be. So we were able to leapfrog some of those basic challenges to think more specifically then around what does digital assessment look like that's also authentic and rigorous and, and has the necessary integrity. So, yeah, look, I yeah. know it, it, it's been challenging, but also there has been quite a bit of, um, there has been, a, those clouds have also had a silver lining for us. Yeah, and I'd like to get us into that more experiences and the nitty-gritty of what happened around assessment later on as well but it's good to hear that you are already in a fortunate or good space to build on what's been happening and respond mm. to this pandemic that's been a big change for all of us so let us talk about uh, your excellent examples then when you're heavily involved as the MBA program course director and this was happening pre-COVID as well already. Um, and you were running the design sprints uh, mm. workshops with students, which is a really interesting idea, that idea of co-creation with students mm. and involving them in authentic learning experiences. So um, probably you could tell us a little bit of context 
around sure. that and what that looks like from a student's perspective? So for a long time, we've had a very successful residential program in the mm -hmm. MBA. And the students that had been part of the residential had said, look, this is a fantastic experience for interaction with industry, interaction with alumni and interactions with each other. But it's not possible for everybody to have that residential type of experience. So one of the challenges that came out of the CX research that we did around the MBA was how do we create a digital experience that replicates that type of interaction, that type of networking and, and that type of engagement. So we did have a design sprint built around that specific problem. How do we replicate that type of experience using the tools that we have? Or do we need to build some new tools? And what we ended up settling on was this idea that we call the challenge mode. And that is by engaging with our alumni to come into a, an online platform and pitch a challenge to the MBA student cohort. The idea is that we would have many uh, alumni coming in, pitching many different types of problems, many different types of projects, and the MBA students would bid for and select these different challenges. And then they would work with that alumni, with those industry representatives in small teams to get that intensive, authentic, connected type of experience. And they'd also get to, to work with each other in a much more intensive way as well. Um, we, we, and we, one of the big challenges we thought we, we, we encountered was what platform we were going to use for this. Mm -hmm. Do we use some of our existing digital tools? Are there others that are available? And it was really at that time that we also came across Microsoft Teams that was being rolled out across the university. So we were also able to take this challenge mode with the vision that we had around networking and engagement with alumni, with industry, and place it in that Teams platform that many people and organizations and work were starting to use to collaborate in their jobs as well. So that became a really interesting experience for us that the students were able to start to practice using those digital collaboration tools that were really helpful from an employability perspective, but also added a richness and a momentum and a rhythm to the to the learning experience in a digital way as well. And what we came up with was a very exciting type of challenge that we piloted um, earlier this year with one of our alumni and a social enterprise. And we had students spread across the world, collaborating, socializing. There was a dynamic, there was a speed, there was an intensity that that platform enabled. And students at the end of it said, wow, I feel so much more connected to my learning experience, I feel so much more connected to the broader Deacon family through the use of these digital collaboration tools. It sounds like the real world experience that your students are getting, doesn't it though, with mm. the industry mm. members, alumni, and the use of professional tools like Microsoft Teams. It's fantastic. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about that notion of connectedness. You kind of briefly touched on there. And I think this idea of connection and sense of belonging as mm. part of a cohort or part of a society is becoming more of an important idea um, through this pandemic as well. So could you elaborate on that a little bit and the sort of feedback that you've been getting from students as well? Well, one of the things which I guess has surprised me for some time is that digital and connectivity has taken so long to come to the education experience. And perhaps if we can thank COVID for anything, it's raised the awareness and raised the profile of using digital tools to collaborate in the learning experience. Uh, so one of the things which I think really stood out from this 
experience was that students felt a greater sense of responsibility to the learning exercise because they were connected with real industry people. There was a real organization at stake and they were working with our alumni and, and others. So we, we've talked about authentic assessment and, and authentic learning experiences for a long time, but they've still been somewhat simulated there's often mm. would there be a case study where the assessment output is some kind of authentic exercise. But what the challenge mode enabled us to do was to create the whole learning experience as a very authentic consulting experience. It's a bit like a world program, but the stakes were a lot higher. The students said to me, gee, you know, I, I felt... I felt this greater sense of responsibility to do a good job because mm. my professional reputation was also on the line because this was a real person. This was a real organization. There was a real sponsor that I was dealing with. And I also, and the students said, I also felt a greater sense of responsibility for the outcomes because this was a real organization that could have real impact. And I think that also went two ways. Using those tools, the alumni that we had uh, manager working with us he also said he felt a greater sense of connection to the learning experience that wasn't possible just by coming and giving a guest lecture in a classroom mm. as a one-off. And at the end of this challenge mode experience, he said, look, I really want to keep in touch with the students. And it's easy to do so because we've been interacting in a digital way already. But I want to keep in touch with these students because I also now feel a responsibility to implement and to report back some of what we did on the basis of the, the challenge mode experience experience. So I think the tools enable a much greater degree of connectivity. And what was interesting is that it meant also we were able to connect a lot more different people in time and space mm. as well. The team that we had running in the pilot, one of the students was based in Singapore, uh, sorry, in, in Europe, in Switzerland. Um, there was another, another in Singapore and others that were local. So it did mean that that real-time interaction could occur across a much greater geographical spread. And that's really interesting, the kind of responsibility around connection that you talk about as well, um, Colleen. And you talked about how you felt even more connected um, this trimester with students as well. And there might be multiple factors around this, but do you have a sense of why this might have been the case, both from students and teachers' perspective, to feel responsible for connecting? Yeah, and certainly in the uh, teaching environment that we have at the moment, so everything's online, everything's in Zoom. And um, I've done a lot of online teaching anyway. It's always been a little less intense than what it's been over the last few months because we've had the multi-modes. And so our digital delivery of the MBA sat alongside our on-campus teaching or more asynchronous activities. Whereas there's been a channel and funneling much more towards the asynchronous online experience through mm -hmm. Zoom. And I think that's in many ways led to a much greater degree of connection with the students. There's a degree of, you know, I could use the word, there's a, there's a degree of intimacy that's come from this environment, even though it is yeah. digital. And I think partly that's because we've been able to see each, see each other in the, in the room. We've been able to um, look into each other's homes. Uh, it becomes a very personal experience when we're interacting in this way. It's been much easier to drive engagement because we can see each other's names as well. Um, and able to build those relationships. It's, uh, and, and the chat provides that 
degree of informality in the space as well. So while the online platform has probably meant we've been, able, we've been less serendipitous in some of what we've been able to do as part of the learning experience, it has come with the benefit of greater intimacy and the ability to get to know people in this environment as yeah. well. Yeah, and you kind of talked about the cohort that you have as well, MBA students or postgraduate students who normally have jobs to attend to um, outside of the university work, but through this COVID, they obviously haven't had those volume of work that they probably were doing. And so nothing else there is to do, then students might find the meaning to come to the class synchronously and connect with other students and teachers like yourself to, to feel that sense of belonging and be part of that learning community that you have. Um, That's right. And I think circling back to a couple of previous points, we've been able to use the synchronous sessions um, in a lot more of, in a, in a lot uh, more dynamic way because of the investment we've done previously on the learning materials that are up online. We've got a lot of video material, we've got a lot of interactive materials online, we've got a lot of re reading materials online. It means that we haven't had to spend the time in the synchronous digital classes going over that type of material. We have been able to bring forward a lot of that active learning in a digital space using much more in terms of case studies, using much more in terms of being able to unpack from different perspectives the materials as well. And I think coming back to the cohort, I think that's really important as well. And one of the things which I which which really underpinned the success of the challenge mode that we ran was that we were using Microsoft Teams because it was much more dynamic. It's on people's desktops. You don't have to go and find to see that there's a notification there. You're getting a notification. You can respond quickly and keep that rhythm and the momentum going as well. I think and it's, the app you know, works pretty well on mobile. That's right. Absolutely. And so I think really this, the, the, coming back to the opening, I suppose, is the COVID has had a lot of positives for the digital learning experience. It's been very difficult for many people as well. Um, and I think it's also been difficult for a lot of students who are used to learning mm. in a different way. But there have also been a number of positives where we've really been able to reshape and restructure that learning experience and to think more strategically about how we use tools to enable that richer form of connection with our students. And can we briefly touch on that challenges component as well, mm. Colleen? What sort of challenges have you been hearing from students' perspective, the kind of students who want used to learning online? I think some of the challenges relate to fatigue based, mm. uh, based on the online environment. And, and as we have in Melbourne, in, in Australia, as we've moved further through the pandemic, there's a lot more fatigue associated with sitting in front of the screen and um, learning online when a lot of our students will have spent all day working um, at the screen as well. And I think that's really, I've tried to turn that into a challenge to say what we don't want then in that evening online class is something that's just static, something that's just passive yeah. where the students are, are sitting there simply listening to a presentation. That's really uh, sent a, a strong signal to me to make sure that we do activate those new active learning principles that we do have and can use in the digital space as well. I think probably there's a lot, uh, one of the other big challenges is just the ability for the serendipitous networking and connection between the students in the class. Obviously, in a physical environment, students are able to chat before and after class, and they sit next to somebody different each time mm. and are able to chat. 
again, the, the flip side of that is making much more use of the breakout rooms and the discussion spaces, which actually goes alongside the active learning um, principles that we have anyway, much more problem solving, sharing ideas and sharing perspectives. It's less able to be serendipitous around that. If somebody raises a point, it's more difficult to stop the class and explore that. Um, but we've been able to then pick that up and say, okay, we're going to take that back into the learning management system, which I've also restructured in this environment as well. So each mm. Thursday for my class, I have something called a Thursday thought, which I share with the class. And that'll be something that's come out of the discussions that we've had in the class during that week. So I've been able to pick up some of those points that do come up in class. While I haven't been able to respond to them always straight away in the class, I've been able to then stimulate the class with using the asynchronous learning management system as a result of that as well. That's a fantastic example, building on that idea of connectedness. So you are connecting synchronously with students, but also having that lingering effect outside of the class using the discussion forum like mm. Thursday's Thoughts. I'm mm. sure your students appreciate that a lot. Yeah, and they've responded well to that because it helps to keep the rhythm going in mm. the class as well between each of the lectures. We, we The classes that we have are, are once a week and then I'm always conscious that our working students are very busy. So I don't want to put too much into the learning management system every day in a random way. So what I do is I have a, have a structured set of activities so they know when something's coming. So on Monday, I have the Monday checkpoint, which is a bit of a, um, a, a lens on what the week's going to involve. Tuesday is the class. And then there's a bit of a break, obviously, but then Thursday, I bring them back with the Thursday thought as we lead into the weekend. Um, and so the students, and I always post them at the same time of the day, at the same day of the week, so the students can see that regularity as well. Mm. So it sounds like there is that idea of intentional design in the online environment that you are doing as well, thinking about what synchronous and asynchronous connections that might make for learning uh, to happen for students. Mm. Fantastic. So Colin, maybe this is the last question to wrap up on. And I'm kind of thinking, given all of the experiences and backgrounds that you have as well, if you were to look into the future and think about the COVID normal or post COVID era, we talked about how this won't be just going back to the way that we had always, but what would it look like for you? And what's the kind of exciting ideas do you think that could come out of all of these experiences that you ha we're having through the pandemic? I think really building on that challenge mode that we had before is using much more of the collaboration tools that everybody's become much more used to. So, you know, we've got very, um, cumbersome learning management systems and we've got other, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, We've got other systems that we use for connecting and teaching and so on. Um, and really what we've done, I think, through the use of Zoom and through the use of Teams is to bring that learning experience much more into the rhythm of people's everyday life. Um, and I expect that we'll do more of that um, rather than the university being over here and the learning experience being over here, which uses a whole separate set of systems 
and a whole separate set of frameworks to what people are doing every day, I think we'll start to use much more of these everyday collaborative tools in the learning experience, even if we have um, on-campus classes again or residential classes again, I think we've everybody's become much more familiar with using these different technologies and these different modes in much more of a seamless and integrated way. I th my, my vision, I guess, would be that we would break down much more than what we have already, those distinctions between on-campus or asynchronous and synchronous. We have much more of a, a rhythm to the way in which we use technology to engage learning in a much more natural way. And that's a really interesting point. And I know I said last question, but I might give you a follow-up question. Sure. Um, and it's already happening. So the idea of professional tools being in a repertoire for teachers and a lot of teachers started to experiment with what's out there as an open access tool or whatever it is. And as a university, we have a a dilemma around that because we want to ensure that our students experience is optimum and that often means that if we have the institutional license or support for students and teachers they are kind of um, supported and it gives them their confidence and building capability opportunity to do so there is that sort of tension between what's free and out there and the tools that we have in our deacon ecosystem so mm. i'm kind of wanting to ask you a question about how we strike that balance <laughs> yeah. you know, given that um, safe space to experiment um, and use the collaboration tools in the much more way that the real world does but also giving them enough um, support and the confidence yeah. I guess. I think it comes back to the commitment that we make to our students around digital literacy Mm -hmm. that um, it's not just being able to use a computer, it's not, being, not just being able to use a database to find an article in the library, it's actually being literate and being able to select the most appropriate tool for the task at hand and being able to be critical around the use of these tools as well. Like, you know, there's a lot going on around social media and the credibility mm -hmm. of information that's on there. To me, digital literacy is also about providing the tools to understand the, the credibility of different sources of information. So I think the more that we live up to that commitment of digital literacy, the more we provide students with the opportunity to use these tools where they are appropriate and to be able to select the tools that are most appropriate. We ran a, we ran a masterclass recently for the MBA, for example, using Slack. Um, which mm -hmm. was another collaboration tool that the students, some students were more familiar with it than others, but the purpose was also just to start, and it was a design thinking masterclass, the purpose of it was to start incorporating into the learning experience the selection and use of these tools and understanding how they can be used, how they might not be used, what some of the limitations and downsides of them might be. You know, I think the other thing we need to be conscious of in this space, while it's desirable that we're blending much more of the learning experience into the day-to-day -day reality, we also need to be cognizant that people are bombarded with notifications and platforms mm -hmm. and that always on culture as well. So I think it's also a matter of teaching within that digital literacy how to manage your digital engagement as well to, to ensure that, that those boundaries are where you want them to be according to your own personal settings. Mm, that's a really good answer. So it's the literacy around mm. what to use and how to use it and what probably not to use mm. sometimes mm. as well. That's um, right. In that's being right. able to do, make those decisions. Mm. 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 
Excellent. That's a very interesting area. Yes, indeed. Yes. And we can keep yes. talking about we this. We could. <laughs> but Colin, uh, I'd like to wrap this up here and by thanking you, um, sharing your experience and expertise as well in and around digital learning. And thank you very much for coming and spending time with us. Thanks so much for inviting me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Colin. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.